Hi everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of Spooky Ask Me Anything, Sama. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about biofeedback. Um, biofeedback is quite a large subject and we'll try and get through the information as quickly as possible. I see in the camera the top of my head's being chopped off. Can we raise the camera a little bit? Things in a little bit of a disarray. We've been um, up to a few minutes ago, we were trying to get the audio working properly. I'm not the loudest of people, so I need a very powerful microphone. Okay, so we'll dive straight in um, and try and get through all the material. Um, okay, uh, as I said, it was going to be a question and answer type format. And the first question which we've chosen for ourselves, a nice easy one, <laughs> what is biofeedback? Well, biofeedback in not just spooky but any system is really listening to your body, listening to what your body has to say. Not words, but the reactions. Uh, what Spooky does is apply frequencies to your body. It listens to the response that your body gives. Uh, spooky can detect moments of stress in your body. If you if uh, frequency is applied that your body gives a strong reaction to, that's regarded as a hit. Uh, the reaction um, can be due to a pathogen being destroyed or being disabled, and your body's reacting to that. And Spooky can detect that by monitoring your pulse. Spooky um, biofeedback uses Spooky Pulse to detect your uh, pulse rate. Um, the, I'll be going through just in a short while how you connect everything up and how you connect the, um, the person being monitored to your Spooky Pulse unit. Okay, the next question, how does Spooky Pulse actually work? Well, this is our finger clip. Our, um, we've got two types of sensors for our spooky pulse. This is the first type that we use. It's a nice, comfortable silicon chip that uh, clip that slides over your finger like this. You have the wire at the top of your finger. Inside the clip is an LED, and you wouldn't know it because it's invisible. It's an infrared LED, and it shines a light through the layers of skin of your finger. On the other side of the sensor, there's a receiver, and the receiver um, detects how much light is passing through your is passing through your finger or the other accessory, which is our earlobe uh, clip. I don't know where the clip is, but um, could we find the earlobe clip? We didn't get the accessory. And um, how it works is this: it's quite interesting. As um, as blood flows through your body, the blood vessels get full of blood and then they get less blood through them. They become more and less transparent. And the effect is that more and less light is being received by the sensor in, the, um, in this clip. And so the sensor sees like a waveform of light that's being received as, more, as the uh, blood vessels fill the uh, capillaries and then drain through each heartbeat. And that... Um, and the changes in the level of light is how Spooky monitors just how often your heartbeat occurs. I've got a great support crew this week. <laughs> uh, this is our ear clip. Our ear clip 
you can clip it onto your earlobe like this, and the other side just clips into your spooky pulse. And um, that again monitors the amount of blood that flows through your lobe. That's a very small amount of blood that flows through here, but it's enough for spooky um, pulse to detect every time your heart beats and do the uh, necessary calculations to calculate your, uh, your uh, the biofeedback parameters that you choose. For uh, some people, these clips work fine. For some people who've got their ears pierced, um, or for some other reason, the, um, the clips aren't so uh, suitable for them. And so they use the, um, the alternative, which is this finger clip. And so between the two, you've got a good, um, you know, um, you will find something that works. Um, people that have got very large fingers may find it hard to put their finger through here. We recommend using um, your small finger because uh, generally the skin isn't so thick on your small finger. The small finger tends to be smaller, and so it fits into the, uh, the clip easier as well. And so I've got my um, finger in the clip now. You can see that the red light in Spooky Pulse is flashing. That's an indication that Spooky Pulse is um, successfully measuring my pulse, and it actually does prove I've got a pulse, which, which is a good thing. Um, and so when you uh, plug in your Spooky Pulse, you can just double check that your Spooky Pulse is detecting your pulse rate successfully. Now you plug in your Spooky Pulse prior to starting Spooky software, and you plug in the generators um, beforehand as well. Uh, that way when Spooky 2 starts, it can detect the Spooky Pulse and the generator and fire up, and everything's all good. Now I think I've jumped ahead of my questions, so I'll just read through my notes and see where I'm up to. I've already answered the question of how many uh, sensors Spooky Pulse has. There are two, and I've explained them reasonably well. I didn't tell you another little trick that we have. Our earlobe clip. Um, if you have it on your earlobe and you find that it's still not detecting your pulse very well, what you can do is put it into the, your little web of skin between your thumb and your finger, or even between your fingers. And that uh, will detect the blood flow going through your skin portion here. It's not a bad place, actually. It's comfortable. Um, I find, personally, after a long uh, biofeedback scan, if it's like an hour-long biofeedback, um, my ear starts feeling a little bit, little bit sore. But here, it's, it's more comfortable. Um, and it will, you know, work very well. Uh, right, so I've told you how to use the ear sensor. I've told you how to use the finger sensor. Question, can I use Spooky Central to apply frequencies? Well, this is a nice short answer. No. Spooky Central puts out very powerful frequencies. Spooky Pulse is a very sensitive electronic device. Um, it's actually an auto-tuning device. Um, different people have got different thicknesses of skin, different skin colors, and so the amount of light that's being received by the sensor varies greatly from person to person. So as you put your finger into the sensor, the spooky pulse will take a while before the light starts flashing, and it started flashing now. What it's doing is doing an auto-calibration. It's increasing its sensitivity automatically until it detects the blood flow. And so 
Um, this is why there's a slight delay between putting your finger in the sensor and the light starting to flash. Alright, so no, you can't use Spooky Central. Please don't because um, there is the risk that Spooky Central with its powerful signals can overwhelm the electronics of the Spooky Pulse. So please, you can run, you can detect your frequencies in the biofeedback sessions using contact mode or remote, but don't use Spooky Central to apply the frequencies. How do I get the best results in biofeedback sessions? Now, for the best results, you need to have everything as stable as possible. What this means is you're, you do your biofeedback in a nice, quiet environment where you're relaxed and you have as few distractions as possible. In other words, you don't do the biofeedback session while the army is flying their aircraft over, over, over top. Or if they are, you can't avoid these distractions. A good idea is to um, play some white noise. Um, these you can go online and find a website that plays white noise, which is which sounds just like a hiss in the background, and that's got the effect of masking out distractions. You know, when you're thinking things, sometimes you can have a thought, and that thought can increase or alter your your pulse rate. Um, if you're watching TV and you watch an action movie, quite often your heart starts racing because of the excitement of the movie. And um, it's just a distraction you don't really need when you're doing a biofeedback scan. You want quality results. So for quality results, you need to have everything quiet, calm, without distractions. It's good to have a, a bathroom break before your biofeedback scan because that again can be another distraction. And also try and avoid coffee before the scan because coffee is a stimulant and will naturally increase your heart rate. Is it okay to fall asleep during a biofeedback scan? If you can fall asleep during a biofeedback scan, that's wonderful. It means that you're relaxed, and it could well mean that the quality of results will be very high. Um, of course, you've got to be careful of uh, the moments when you wake up, because if you start twisting and turning, you might pull out plugs and damage some of your equipment. So. If you can wake up and be reasonably sure you're not going to start thrashing about as you wake up, then it's actually very good. It means your body's relaxed and calm and your body's um, speaking very clearly to the biofeedback sensor. So that's actually a very good thing. We're racing through these questions quite well. Are there any other suggestions to improve scan results? Um, well, I've, I've mentioned the bathroom break, but um, also it's Probably not a bad idea to have a glass of water just before the scan so you don't feel thirsty. Um, they, um, there's talk about um, if you can use meditation to bring yourself to a relaxed state. Um, if you can't find any source of white music, why not play just a soothing background music? Something to take your mind off things so you can relax fully. Um, ideally, you should be lying flat down on your back. Your head should be resting on your comfortable pillow. You should be in your zone where you feel at peace so that your body is not giving any signals that shouldn't be spoken to the spooky pulse. What happens if a biofeedback scan is interrupted? Well, um, if it's interrupted, you can, you can try to continue the biofeedback scan, but the quality will not be good in the results. Um, unfortunately, 
um, if a biofibic scan is interrupted. When you, when you recommence the biofibic scan, the baseline of your pulse will have changed, and so the results will not be very accurate. So we recommend you start from the beginning. Is it necessary to use contact mode for biofibic scans? No, it's not. Um, many people use spooky remotes to apply the frequencies. The person who is having the biofibic um, scan performed on them still must be close to the computer because they've got to provide their pulse to the spooky pulse. Um, so they've got to be still here, but the frequencies don't need to be applied through hand cylinders or TENS pads. You can use spooky remotes to apply the frequencies. And it's possibly a very clever way of doing it because uh, spooky remote, uh, sometimes in the very low frequencies, you can feel the tingling in the hand cylinders. Spooky remote, you can't feel the frequencies. And so it may be a, 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 you know, a better way of applying the frequencies. Um, one word of um, note, though, spooky remote tends to be a slower way for frequencies to have an effect on your body. So if you do use your spooky remote, it might pay to ensure that your um, the step size in the scan is very low. Now we'll be covering that very shortly. Racing ahead, what is a hit frequency? A hit, hit frequency is where your body is giving a stronger response than the basal or resting state response. At the moment, my heart will be a reasonable rate. If I have got my hand cylinders and the frequency is suddenly doing some work to my body, it's, doing, it's having an effect on my body, my pulse will change and that will be recorded as a hit by Spooky. So a hit is a response frequency. It's when something happened. Uh, and depending on your settings, Spooky will analyze all the hits at the end of a scan and report them. Now, just answer the next question, does Spooky save the hit frequencies? Well, yes, it does. But more than that, um, every biofeedback scan that's performed on your computer is saved to file. It's saved in a file in a format that a spreadsheet can open. So if you're a clever type that likes numbers and, and um, manipulating figures, you can open up this file and it's self-explanatory. It's got the headers in the file and you can draw your graphs and analyze um, many scans altogether and see if there's any patterns with those scans, whether there's any um, similarities that are coming through. How often should I do a biofeedback scan? Well, there's, if you're doing contact mode uh, treatment, especially the, with a chronic condition, we recommend every four days. If it's by remote, we recommend every seven days. Um, there may be variations on that. Quite often in the biofeedback uh, preset notes and uh, some other preset notes, um, information is given to, um, you know, to specify how often to perform the scans. Uh, quite often you'll see a preset which, which says insert your biofeedback result you know, uh, frequencies here and that is where you do your scan and you enter your frequencies into that particular preset and then you recommence. The full instructions are in the preset um, notes um, that are on your, in your Spooky. Is it recommended to repeat scans? 
um, oh, sorry, why is it recommended to repeat scans? Now, this may or may not disturb you. It disturbed me when I first discovered it. 90% of my body is basically not mine. 90% of the cells in my body, at least, belong to some other entity. They're not belonging to John White. Um, these uh, are microorganisms that share my body, uh, many of these help me to uh, be healthy, they assist me. Some are not so nice to me and they make my life miserable. Uh, I like to think I haven't got many of those. But the fact of the matter is most of my body isn't me. And the number of cell counts anyway, the, the good news is the cell size is very small and so I've still got 97% of my mass and 3% of my mass is the other stuff. But um, when you're using cell count, it's quite disturbing to think that most of me isn't me. And I guess it will apply to you as well. And so when you do a biofeedback scan, an awful lot of the information that's coming back is not information that's from like one microorganism. There's an awful lot of microorganisms in your body, and they're all giving their feedback. And so what Spooky Pulse is doing is uh, recording the ones which are possibly giving the loudest shout. And as the biofeedback scan performs its scan, it's applying frequencies. It's actually performing a treatment whilst it's doing the scan. And so the next time you do a scan, the pathogens which got hit by the previous scan are no longer shouting so loudly. And so the more quiet ones are being heard, much as, uh, as an analogy, peeling the skin of an onion. You go by layer layer, possibly the uh, worst case, the, the, the most, you know, the, the microorganisms that you don't want, <laughs> um, that are the, causing most of the issues, if you like, are being peeled away first. And then, and then it reveals another layer, which is another um, issue that needs to be resolved. And so Spooky Pulse is then reporting those ones. Okay, so we've covered that question. Okay, actually I've gone quite well. And the question is, what is the procedure of doing a biofeedback scan? Okay, well let's go through the steps. The first thing, as I mentioned before, connect your Spooky Pulse, connect your generator, start Spooky. The software will, de will detect the um, hardware and will then um, start up. I'm now, I've just got through my screensaver, I hadn't touched my keyboard for a while, and I'll share my screen with you so you can see what I'm doing. Oops, as soon as I can find it, there we go. So we go to share screen, and I'll share my desktop to you. I'm sharing all my secrets, and I'll share screen. What on earth is that? Is my screen being shown? Okay, wonderful. Okay, well, I'm being bombarded with advertisements, which I really don't want to see. Uh, TurboTax, I really need that. Okay, so now we have Spooky fired up. I'll move myself to, actually, I can put it into the corner there, put myself out of the way. Here I'm in my system tab. I can confirm that my connected hardware is one times Spooky Pulse and one times generator. So all's looking good. Now, 
At this point in time, we load a preset which is suitable for performing a biofeedback scan. We've got at the top here biofeedback. I'll select general and the all full system scan by David Burke is this one here. Now it's called all because it can be applied, uh, the results can be applied by contact, remote or plasma. Okay, now I'll ask at this stage for my assistant to come and um, sit down next to me. It's our beautiful Echo Lee. I'm sure you've, um, you've recognized her. Hello, Echo. Now just make yourself comfortable. Now the importance is to um, not be excited. It's, um, it, you just ran outside. Now um, when you're being streamed you know, live through the internet, it's hard to be calm, but it's, it's good for demonstrations just to show you the procedure of a scan. So these are the hand, hand cylinders, so just hold on to those. Now for Echo, the finger clip works best. Um, we don't know why. Uh, for many people, the ear clip works best. So um, with all our kits, they come with both sensors, so you're, you've, you're pretty well covered. So what we'll do, we don't need to hold on very tightly, but choose your lovely little finger there. Again, the wire goes on the top of your finger. And let's see if you've got a pulse. If I go to my control tab and I'll, oops, that wasn't supposed to happen. So let's have a look again. I'll reselect my um, all full system scan. Now, always select allow generator overwrites. That means the information is being written into the generator and overwriting anything else that may be there. Now, at this point in time, we can start the scan. Are you comfortable? Wonderful. Okay. Well, let's start the scan. And hopefully things will work. I can't see anything happening just at this moment. Now, you'll see that there's a countdown that started. This is counted down from 30. There's a start delay currently of 30 samples. A sample is a heartbeat. Now, what's happening is ECHO has now got the chance of settling down and just focusing on nothing, something I do quite a lot. And so once her pulse is stabilized, this will step to go to zero, and then her pulse will be shown on the graph here. Now you'll see that the graph is now changing colors. Every time that her pulse is above the average, which is this line horizontally shown here, it will be shown as red, which is a state of stress any time, any time. <laughs> and you see it's just shot up here as she laughed. It's important not to have any emotions or try not to have any emotions apart from calmness whilst you're performing a biofeedback scan. Do meditation and let, you drop it down. Let's, let's get into the low, let's get it down here. And you can see it's, it's dropping down now. And then just thought of her dropping it. <laughs> We're doing terribly, guys. But, you know, this isn't a good setting to do a biofeedback scan. But let's have a look at, the, um, at what's happening anyway. Now, this preset has set the start frequency of 76,000 hertz. And it will 
it will scan to 152,000 hertz. You can see the frequencies are stepping up here. The frequencies are stepping up in 20 hertz increments. The step size has been set to 20, so that is why it's stepping up by 20 you know, on every pulse that's um, taking place. Um, the decimal places means how accurate you want the results. At the moment, it's zero. Um, with the, if the frequency is a high frequency, like in the kilohertz range, you don't need fractions of a hertz resolution. Royal Rife considered 0.025% accuracy was sufficient for targeting pathogens. I'll be covering the um, how to set the step uh, size very shortly. We've set the maximum hits to find as 20. That means at the end of the scan, 20 frequencies will be reported. And you can save these as a uh, program for use later on. Samples per step, that means how many pulses Spooky will wait before stepping to the next frequency. At the moment, it's one, which means on every pulse, the frequency will increment. If it's on, say, 10, Spooky will count 10 pulses, take an average of those 10, and then step to the next one. And so if you can set the samples per step to a value greater than one, the accuracy is markedly increased. The downside is the time that a scan takes is proportionately greater. If I have a samples per step setting of two, instead of taking one hour, it'll be taking two hours. The start delay I mentioned before is the delay before the scan actually starts. Going through the other parameters, I can choose to select either the maximum or the minimum pulse rate. The maximum pulse rate you choose for detecting uh, things that you want to kill, be it microorganisms or other virus type things that you, you don't really want in your body. You choose minimum to find the frequencies that made your body become most calm. And so those are more the healing frequencies. You can choose between detecting beats per minute, which is your basic pulse, which is the one that we recommend for most instances, or the heart rate variability, which records how much your pulse changes between heartbeats. The issue with heart rate variability is it cannot differentiate between when your body is becoming stressed and when your body is becoming relaxed. You can use heart rate variability uh, for monitoring during meditation, but it doesn't really have many practical uses for the functions of creating programs for killing and healing. You'll see the current pulse beats per minute is presented here, and the heart rate variability is here. The average are these two values here. Now you've got more options. You can choose to detect the running average of your pulse. Um, it's calculate using running average. Now what this is is this. Quite often when you're doing a long biofeedback scan, by the end of the scan, your body is more rested and at peace than at the start of the scan. And so the resting state of your pulse is less. And so it's quite often wise to use the current, uh, the running average um, as a, as a um, baseline because the baseline will move with the, with the um, 
general pulse rate of your body. So at the end of the biofeedback scan, the running average will be less, and so any deviation from the running average will still be recorded as hits or misses. Or you can choose peak, which is basically the raw peak value. If you look at this graph here, the frequency that invade this spike here will be recorded as a hit. It doesn't matter that the average was high at that point, it will still be regarded as a hit. You can choose to have a two decimal places maximum. If you want to have a if you want to reduce the duration of a biofeedback scan, you can choose that option and that will do that. It means that Spooky will not go back and go try and increase the resolution up to five decimal places for the lower frequencies. You can choose single scan, which means Spooky will scan once and that'll be it. It won't do a any subsequent scans to try and refine the frequencies. This is wise to set that to a single scan, but before you do this, you set the step size correctly so that no frequencies are missed. The step, lot, step size should be small enough so that no frequencies are stepped over. And grade program. This grade program is a, um, I'll show you through demonstration. We'll stop this biofeedback. Now your pulse went very well, congratulations. Uh, you can still stay there because I'll show the other two ways of performing a biofeedback scan. The scan I've shown just now is a general scan. The other scan you can perform, or the other two types of scans, don't, you mustn't touch the Hansons within the other part of your body because electricity passes between the electrodes. If you touch your body, the electricity will start passing through your leg and so your whole body won't be getting the effect of the signal. So let's have a look at the other two ways that speaking can perform a biofeedback scan. I always seem to pick abdominal cramps for my videos and today is going to be no exception. So now we have a program loaded in, we allow gen our generator overwrites and load them into the generator. Now the generator has four frequencies in here. If we do a scan now and we don't change any other parameters, we'll see how it changes. Let's have a look. There's a bit of a delay as Spooky fills up the necessary registers for the calculations. Then there's the countdown interval. For the next demonstration, I'll reduce that down so that we, I don't have to um, think of something to say whilst we're waiting for this to become zero. But this is the settling time when the person that's having the scan has a chance to just relax and try and meditate or do what they do to relax. Now the biofeedback has started. It's now applying 71 hertz and it's slowly incrementing by 0.01 of a hertz, it will increment up to 73 hertz. What Spooky is doing is going one hertz either side of the frequencies that are loaded inside the program. And that way, Spooky can further refine a frequency that's in a program, or the frequencies within the program, and come back with more precise values. And at the end of the scan, Spooky will report back 
and say which frequencies, which exact frequencies, provide the greatest response. Now, maybe what I might do, I want to show you the report at the end of the biofeedback scan. So I'll choose a single program, frequency program. I'll go to control, allow generator overwrites, and I'll load that single frequency in. And we'll take this scan to the very end of the duration. Now I've sent, I've set the uh, wait time to zero because I don't really want to have to wait for too long before the biofeedback scan starts. And we're away, away already. Now if you're not setting up your computer yourself and then jumping onto the bench, uh, the, um, the bed, wherever you're doing a biofeedback, if you've got someone to help you, you can have a shorter duration of uh, start delay. If you're doing it by yourself, we recommend having a setting of around 200. That means quite a long time for your body to settle down and give yourself a chance to relax completely. Now, Spooky is scanning 1 hertz either side of 72 hertz. It's quarter of the way through now. You can see the frequencies incrementing as we speak. Now, just a, oh, it's, I haven't loaded in the single frequency program because I didn't allow generator overwrites. Oh, I did, but I didn't delete that program there. So let's go again. Sorry, Echo. <laughs> it also pays to have a very forgiving um, subject as well. Okay, so we've only got one frequency loaded in. So it will be after um, 200 pulses, pulse beats, this biofeedback scan will complete. Now, if Spooky Pulse detects any errors in the data, an error is where a difference in heart rate between one beat and the next is beyond what is regarded as normal. It might mean a jump in a pulse rate, 60 or one pulse beat, 200 in the next. That may indicate that the patient has moved and the movement in the sensor has given a false signal. It is, of course, important to remain as stationary as possible, much as echo is now. Then uh, Spooky will put a line here indicating a reading was not found. And so that recording will be missed, and then Spooky will wait for the next valid report. Now, Echo asked earlier, is it okay to put the hand cylinders on your leg? Now, it's not good to put your hand cylinders on your leg, but what you can do, and what is recommended, is you place a pillow there. Much better, yes, well, there we go. And so that means that she doesn't have to use her muscles to hold the hand cylinders up. Of course, if any muscles are taut, it's going to give a false reading because your body or part of your body is stressed. Okay, we've passed the halfway mark. So things are looking good. I'm pretty keen to show you the results at the end of it. The results will show only one frequency, only one frequency, but we're further refining 40,000. We want to find the exact frequency to help for echo here in whatever ails her. Now this was just a random program. 
single frequency program just for demonstration purposes. You know, the biofeedback doesn't need to have the person connected onto a generator or their nails put into a speaker remote. So, you know, it can be used as a general lie detector or as a muscle tester, if you like, where you want to know the truth about something, which is your subconscious. You ask a question and your body will respond. And, you, and so it's a way of sort of detecting whether something's good for you. You can hold a food in your hand. Some people you hold the food in their left hand and ask themselves the question, is this food good for me? Or hold some medication or supplement. Is this good for me? And if your body's saying no, 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 your heart rate will increase marginally, and you'll see that in the graph. And you can view the graph, and you can see if it turns red and green. We've almost finished. Oh my goodness, there we go. And we have 39,999.07. Now that is the exact frequency that you should be using in a subsequent program to cure yourself of whatever 40,000 hertz does. Of course, when you do it seriously, you choose the program that you think is most ap appropriate for yourself, and Spooky will find the exact frequencies that are best for you. At this point in time, you save it. You save the results. You click on here. You give the program a name. So this can be called um, uh, test scan. I like to put the date in the program because for future reference you'll know when you performed the biofeedback scan. Uh, and the scan today is the uh, April the 7th 2017. The frequency has already been entered, the draw has been entered. You can enter more notes here, so sitting Comfortably, nice. Oh, okay, that's good enough. I'll move myself a little bit so I can save it. Here's the save icon here. Are you sure you want to save the uh, save and exit? Yeah, we'll give it a go. Now, what happens now is that the database is now loaded. The program you've just created is saved in the custom database, and so you can search for it and then run the program later. And we are done. Now they, they go, well, thank you very much. Um, and I, you, you said before you had some work to do. So, so thank you for helping us out there. Okay. I'll put the pulse on myself. We won't run the frequencies through me. I've had enough shocks for today. Now. What I'll show you is the last way that Spooky2 can perform a biofeedback scan. And this is actually a really cool way, because this one you can go and choose a long program and refine. Now, let's say I've got abdominal inflammation. I want to know uh, which of the frequencies within this program are best for me. And so I've chosen the program. I go to Control, Allow generator overwrites and I load the program into the generator. Now there's a, quite a few frequencies here. Now if I go to using a refinement scan, it'll take quite a long time to go through. 
and tell me the precise frequencies. You can break this down to smaller scans, maybe scan four frequencies one day and four another day, and that is actually what I recommend. But if you use a grade program scan, you watch how fast this goes. Now I'm assuming that my pulse is being detected by Spooky Pulse. I haven't checked it, I've just slipped it on. I'm hoping it is. Okay, yes, I have a pulse. Now, look at this. The speed that the frequencies are being stepped through are fast. At every pulse, a different frequency is being applied. You can see the results of that here. Now, I don't generally like to use my own pulse for demonstration purposes because my pulse tends to be quite slow. It takes a very long time to go through scans. But even with my slow pulse, you can see that the report has been generated. You'll see that for every frequency, there's a number that's in brackets. For this report and the other reports that Spooky2 provides in the biofeedback scans, what's in the brackets? Okay, I'm, I'm told there's, there's questions coming through. I'll try and power through as quickly as I can. Um, those, what's in the brackets is the value that Spooky2 got back from the frequency being applied. Because this, um, okay, just, and finishing off what I was saying, the ones at the top, the frequencies at the top are the ones that were best suited to me. And so 380 hertz provided the strongest response, and uh, 2,489 hertz provided the least response to my body. And so I can save this again to a program and um, run that at a later time. Because this program, this type of biofeedback scan is so fast, I can increase this samples per step. And I'm going to use 10 and rerun it without changing anything. And I'll show you the differences, what changes. Now, you'll see the the, the, this line here is going from 0 to 10. Every time this line jumps, it's a, it's a heartbeat. Now it's counted to 10, it's found the average of the 10, and it's put the value within Spooky 2. The next time, um, the next frequency it's being applied, it's being applied for 10 pulses, and the average of those 10 pulses is being used for calculations. And so it's very, very precise. And even using a sample step of 10, within about a minute, a minute and a half, this program will complete. And I'll have very, very accurate results from the biofeedback scan. Now, I did skip through an awful lot of information here. But I did want to go through how to set the step size. Now, the step size, we generally, I'll stop the, um, program, the step size um, determines how much to increment the frequencies on each, in each pulse. At the moment I can't change it, but if I clear the frequencies, then all the fields below here become available. And the way to set the step size is this. You look at your start frequency, which is the lowest frequency. You use that as the baseline. And you want to make sure that 0.025% of that frequency is being hit from every uh, frequency step. And so this is what we recommend. You, you select the start frequency, 
and you divide it by 100. In this example here, uh, which is 76,000, um, it will give you 760. You multiply this by 0 0.025, that's 0.025%, and you get 19. We round this up to get 20. When you use this value, all the frequencies are being hit, even in the higher frequency range. Okay, what if you have an irregular heartbeat? There's an option within the system tab of doubling your heart rate variability tolerance. Okay, another question in from David Burke. The printer seems to have um, been playing up. It's not very clear. Um, perhaps you want to ask me directly. Hi, John. Hi, David. Uh, this is this is David Burke. Everyone, he's he's coming from Ireland, especially to ask this question. My question is: We all know that that pathogens can do damage to your body, to your organs, to, yes. to your various mm. systems. When you've cleared your pathogen load yes. through biofeedback and you've got nothing coming back, you're, you're now left with a situation where those pathogens have caused damage yes. that you need to repair. So basically what, what I would like to know is what are the, the optimum settings for number one, detecting that damage, and number two, then repairing that damage. The optimum settings, um, I did touch on this earlier on, and if you're listening, you'll have heard. <laughs> David and I, we have fun together. He's, he's a great guy. Um, um, you use a general be, uh, scan. The preset that you made is the ideal settings for hitting all frequencies. You find the frequencies which provide the most hits, and then you can design a, a biofeedback scan that's within that range and further refine the hits. But what you'll find, um, David, is that if you run the frequencies that are provided by the scans, after a period of time, there's the pattern of the hits stops. It becomes more broad because your pathogen load is becoming reduced. And that's a good thing. If you find that your biofeedback scans aren't giving consistent hits in certain areas, it means most likely that you haven't got a, a, a major issue in, a, in an area. You can still use the results, but it means that you haven't got the load on your body to provide the results. Now, you can use biofeedback to also tell you which programs are best suited mm -hmm. for detoxing or um, for healing and uh, when you do this you choose the minimum heart rate because as your body's getting assistance in the detoxing or entrainment of any form your pulse will become lower as your um, you know as your body's getting the assistance from the frequencies and so you once you find that there's no pattern <coughs> in the detecting the maximum pulse rates then you switch to the low low frequencies uh, the, you're detecting the low uh, points of your heart pulse, and then you detect your ideal frequencies for detoxing and uh, healing. Did I answer your question? Yes, it does indeed. Well, well thank you for coming all the, way, all the way from Ireland. Have a good trip back. Thanks. <laughs> I'd better run. I'd you better run. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll quickly um, make sure I've answered the other questions 
before I go into the, um, the questions that, are, that, have, that have come in just now. Um, reverse lookup. I haven't mentioned reverse lookup. Reverse lookup, I will have to share my screen again, which means I'm going to, go, I'm going to become a little box. Okay, reverse lookup is this. Um, when you get a, when you go to the control tab, I have to move myself so I can see what I'm doing. Um, when you have programs uh, reported back in the biofeedback and you save it as a program, you can load that program later. Let's have a look at the one that got saved before. Now I've got to think of what I called it. I call it temp and I saved it in the custom database, so I'll select custom, and mm, no, uh, what did I call it? Well, let's choose a random, a random program. Um, I'll re-select the, all the databases and load them all in, and I'll choose a program that's got a few frequencies, maybe four, let's, let's pick an, on abdominal cramps again. My, my personal favorite one there. Now, the, if I go to the control tab and I load them into the generator, the frequencies will appear in the frequencies list. And of course, the program name is here. There's a little box called reverse lookup here. I can now search within this tolerance, find the frequencies that match those frequencies within the database. So I've clicked that, it's come back with a report. And every single program that's specified here has the frequencies, one or more of the frequencies within the abdominal cramps program. And so first of all, it finds a match for 72, which is the first frequency that's in the program. And it tells you all the programs which contain 72 hertz. And then it looks at the next frequency and finds all the matches for 95 hertz and so on. Now, if you're getting too many hits or too many matches, what you do is you reduce the tolerance. 0.1% is actually a lousy tolerance. If you want to be precise, you'd want to use something like 0.025% tolerance. And then you can re-perform the scan. And then the list will be reduced. Now, um, you can also include another frequency that you manually enter here, 45. And then also add 45 to the list of frequencies that it's trying to find. And so there's 45 at the top there and all the, all the programs that contain 45 hertz. You can save this as a text file for later reviewing or sharing with other people. Oops, and it's um, saved it. <laughs> okay, and so that's that, which I wanted to cover. Powering ahead, how are we for time? We're hitting the deadline, so I better be fast. Um, I've explained that. Uh, I'll bypass a lot of those. Uh, okay. Um, it says, why is my save button disabled after a biofeedback scan? If biofeedback, if your Spooky Pulse is not detected by Spooky, you will not be able to save results because Spooky is running in test mode. It's emulating Spooky Pulse. And that's why that is disabled. Okay. <laughs> I've actually done quite well. I've combined many questions and answers within, um, within that. I've actually powered through those already. 
Now, these are the ones that have been asked already. Um, there's a question that's come from one of our online viewers, uh, Gerilyn uh, Kozak. I think I've got your name right. Thanks for um, for writing in your giving your question. Um, okay. Okay. Understand. Okay. My uh, my beautiful assistant has told me to turn off my share screen and to also relax a little bit because time is not an essence. Now, um, if I went through in detail, biofeedback is very complex, and there's many, many things which I've skipped over very briefly. Um, the user's guide covers in more detail, and there's a guide which is more specific for biofeedback scans. And I encourage users to read their documents, because there's lots of information, useful information, in there. Okay, sorry, back to you, Gerilyn. Um, thank you for waiting. Um, you've asked me. Do I need to reorder the numbers from least to greatest from the biofeedback? As we know, the numbers uh, that come up are from greatest to least pathogen. Uh, no, uh, don't. you don't need to go from the largest number to the smallest number. Some researchers suggest you do. Um, if you feel there is a need to, you can. I don't really have a good reason why you shouldn't. But I'd like to think that you should, uh, you should hit the most responsive frequencies first. And so I'd be more inclined to uh, save them as they are and then run them as they were recorded in the order of uh, most responses to, to least responsive. You can always set Spooky to run programs from the highest frequency to the lowest or vice versa at a later time. Uh, also, what is the maximum amount of pathogens from the biofeedback should I choose the kill mode for? Good question. If you're using a program for remote mode, you can have a larger limit because remember the default time that Spooky will apply a frequency for is three minutes. And so in the examples I gave during the, uh, uh, the explanation before, I chose 20 programs, uh, 20 hits maximum, reason being it's going to equate to one hour program. It's not much fun in contact mode to be sitting for three hours. But in Spooky Remote, it doesn't matter how long a program is. And so you can quite possibly have a, a, a detect um, 60 um, hits. But also remember, uh, Gerilyn, the biofeedback scan itself is going to take longer if you have more hits, in particular if you set the decimal places. And so Spooky 2 will go back and rescan each of the hit values to find a greater resolution. And so if you have a scan which is a general scan and you're sitting for a large number of decimal places, keep an eye on the estimated time at the bottom of the screen. You don't want to be um, having a biofeedback scan taking too long. It's not fun. Okay. Well, <laughs> Gerilyn Kozak, you've asked another question. What is the number that should be in the reverse lookup for the most accurate descriptions? You ask, you're suggesting 0.1 or 0.01. Well, it's actually 0 0.025. Uh, 0 0.01 is one hundredth of a hertz. And that's more finer resolution than what you really require. You may miss some database entries which are appropriate to the frequency hits that you got um, from your biofeedback scan. 0 0.025, people a while back were suggesting even a quarter of a percent, which is 0.25 is adequate. 
I guess a lot also depends on the frequency range that you did your biofeedback scan. Don't forget that many of the frequencies within our database are integers, and so they are not that accurate. They haven't had the refinement scan applied, and so if you use a 0.1% even um, reverse lookup setting, you'll miss many of those programs. And so just keep that in mind. Because the reverse lookups are easy to do, you can change it. You can find, you can try 0.1% and think to yourself, gosh, I'm getting far too many results. Take it down and increase the um, resolution of the, by, of the reverse lookup. Uh, Lawrence Dubash. I'm pretty sure I got your name too. Right. <laughs> I'm getting questions coming in all the time. Um, you're asking me, what about scanning a person with dementia? Dementia. Um, which I believe was uh, brought upon by Lyme. Hmm. If the person is calm, that's all you need. You don't need to... It depends really on the state of the person. If they're disturbed and they, are, um, and they have many thoughts racing through their mind, they may find it difficult to perform a successful biofeedback scan because they may find that there's so many thoughts in their mind all the time and they don't really know how to relax. It, it depends really on the state of the person. There's no real firm fixed criteria. There's people that have asked me, is it okay to perform biofeedback on children? And again, the answer is, well, yes, if the child is calm, which really... Um, most children tend to be rather active, and to sit down more than five seconds is is asking too much. But if your child is is able to sit down in a calm state and just relax for a while, then yes, it, it's perfectly fine. And so, if the if the person has dementia but they still can relax, there's no reason why a biofeedback scan will not be successful. Uh, your body and their body won't lie. If they get a, if their body has a response, their body will react to the response, and that's all Spooky Two needs. Okay, um, Robert Privateria, uh, sorry, Privatera. Thank you, Robert, for um, writing into us. Um, if you are trying to attack a tumor, such as a liver tumor, is it best to place the pads on the back and in front of the tumor, or by using the leg and wrist for the pads? You've got to be careful with cancers like or like and tumors because you don't want to increase the energy of the tumor. You don't want to um, you don't want to make the tumor grow faster. And so, if you're doing a biofeedback scan to detect whether you've got a health issue. Don't apply the electrodes directly across the tumour because the frequencies will be applied for an extended period of time. And most of the frequencies will not be appropriate for your tumour. Remember, you're trying to find the frequencies that are. So Spooky has to scan for a range of frequencies. So really your question is saying for treating a tumour, if, you if you've got a tumour and you want to apply a frequency set that may have been detected through the use of biofeedback, and in that case, yes, you do apply the frequencies across either side of the tumour. 
you then at, at that point of time you apply the frequencies at the point of interest at the, at the, at the problem area for biofeedback it's really good to have the electricity, electricity passing through the longest path of your body we recommend your right hand and your bottom left ankle or just above the ankle because of course you mustn't put tens pads uh, on a joint um, if you do this then the electricity must pass through a great portion of your body and it also avoids your heart and so it's safe and it gives the best results try and pick points which have got least hair so the back of your hand is a good part for um, putting a tens pad or you can grip it using a hand cylinder I think I've covered that in the previous video. You've also asked, is there any significance if the pulse shows a spike in a negative direction, in other words, less than seven beats, uh, which is really talking about your heart rate variability. Um, it is a significant, any change is significant. Um, it means that it could be the onset of a stress state before your body is stressed the heart rate variability will increase or decrease quite markedly. And so, and so, <laughs> and so um, it is important. Now, I don't know whether I'm going to ever catch up to these questions that come pouring in. Unfortunately, biofeedback is quite a complex subject, but it's, it's, it's so interesting because something as simple as really just measuring your pulse and monitoring it and applying math to the pulse uh, can do so much. It's it's really quite intriguing. Um, listening to your body is 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 amazing. Your body can talk to you and, and say what pleases and displeases it. Okay, um, moving on. Um, uh, Steve Lebeau, I hope I've spelled I've uh, pronounced your surname correctly. You've asked how does the Spooky Two approach compare to the Swiss F-Scan uh, methodology? Well, um, we will not compare ourselves to any other commercial product if we can possibly help it. Um, really, all I can do, Steve, is explain how Spooky2 uh, performs biofeedback scans. It does it through using the pulse, the uh, variability of the pulse. Um, the F-Scan and other products may use a similar or different approaches, but I really can't compare products in videos which are then publicly viewed on the internet. I hope you can understand why. But um, even, um, you know, there's many different ways that your body can be monitored. Um, you, can apply, you can place electrodes on your skull which has been shaven or even possibly through your hair and, um, and detect the brain waves of your uh, brain as you're doing, having your thoughts. Or you can measure galvanic response of your skin because, of course, during moments of stress, people uh, perspire a little bit and the conductance of your skin varies. And that's another way of performing biofeedback. Uh, spooky uh, Pulse uses one method and there are others. Okay. Uh, you go on by saying, uh, if, say, uh, with 65 beats per minute, an awful lot of frequencies are being presented for each heartbeat, well, it's not an awful lot of frequencies um, for each heartbeat. It's really one frequency per heartbeat. It's a lot of wave cycles per heartbeat because a frequency is composed of many wave cycles. So, okay, reading on, um, if it was heart rate 
variability being observed will be difficult to pinpoint the one exact frequency. Now it's not, um, Steve, um, and if you are having difficulty with pinpointing exact frequencies, you set the samples per step so that it's several pulses per frequency change. And so let's say you perform a general sweep and you've got a frequency area where, the, where your pulse is going all over the place. Um, for a start, I wouldn't recommend using heart rate variability for most high feedback scans. I know this flies in the face with uh, researchers who tend to say that heart rate variability is a good way of providing feedback. Personally, I don't agree. I think that using your, your, the, um, the time interval between pulses is more important than the rate by which this time interval changes. There'll be many of, of those uh, of our viewers that disagree, but I've got reasons for stating this. Um, but you'll find an area of frequencies where your pulse will increase or decrease quite markedly. Then you can make a note of those and change sub, uh, perform subsequent scans in a lower frequency range and have a samples per step to increase the accuracy. Um, also bear in mind, Steve, that any movement that you um, perform during a biofeedback scan will skew the results. And even breathing uh, deeply will increase or decrease your heart rate for each breath. And so try and perform the narrow breaths while you're performing a scan. This is another reason why falling to sleep is actually a really good thing. It makes time fly as well. Okay. Uh, a question from Lawrence Dubash. Um, can biofeedbacks be done with a person in a wheelchair? Yes, it can, Lawrence. Um, the person doesn't have to be lying down. The, um, the sensor doesn't have to be at the blood, at the heart height, like it, um, like you're taking your blood pressure. Just as long as the person's relaxed, that's the main thing. I mean, it's, um, I understand the difficulties it would be to get a person from a wheelchair into a bed. It's inconvenient. Really, the person's got to be in their zone. Just feel comfortable. In the case where um, Eka was sitting beside me, she was sitting down. In a wheelchair, the person sitting down as well. Just so long as they're relaxed and don't have distractions, your results will be fine. I know that you're using an Apple. Is there native Mac software? Uh, no. Unfortunately, no, there isn't. Um, what I'm doing, um, I'm doing the demonstrations in the video using my Mac. It's running an emulation software. So I'm actually running Windows. You can run a modern Macintosh in boot camp and boot into Windows and, and run it from there. But Spooky doesn't run under Mac or Unix. Well, it may run under emulation under both of those, like my, my software does. Okay. My biofeedback unit only came with an ear clip. You must have ordered the biofeedback separately. Um, on the uh, website, you have an option of choosing an ear clip or a finger clip. Um, can a finger clip, you're asking, can be ordered separately? Yes, it can be. Just drop us a line. We're always keen to help our people. Okay. I don't know who asked these questions because I'll, I'll, I'll skip down to <laughs> the ones where I've got names. Gosh, I've got no idea of the time now. My screen saver's gone off again, so I'll... I'll start my screen and see what the time is. Way over time, we'll start thundering through. Catherine Williamson. Hi, Catherine. 
um, you're asking me, what is the low pulse rate used for the detox biofeedback? What is the low pulse rate used for detox? For detox biofeedback, you're wanting to detect minimum um, levels of your pulse. There, there is no low pulse level. Everyone is different. For me, when I'm resting, my pulse goes down to the low 40s. Most people would generally find that their pulse will be in 60. What Spooky's doing is finding any deviation from your rest state. And so your rest state will be a, a certain amount, will be different from the person sitting next to you. But if that changes, if it goes up, it's a level of stress. If it goes down, it's a level of relaxation. And so it's your body that's being monitored, your body doing the talking. And so there's no number, I can't tell you, that 60 beats per minute is a restful state. Because for me, that's a, that's a stressed state. Um, so really, um, for detox, you just want to run a normal detect minimum uh, beats per minute setting. What I do recommend for detox programs is also having a um, using the average for your detection because you're wanting to be as relaxed as possible. You want the you won't be getting any sharp peaks or sudden troughs in the graph. And so, if you're using your running average um, data, then the results will be better suited for that type of response for the slow responses. You also asked me if someone is starting out and they can't sit still. Uh, very well. Uh, can you break the initial scan time down to smaller times? And should they do detox scan first if they are really sick? Let's have a think. For the, uh, if they're really sick with a pathogen load, like they've got a virus or um, a severe bacteria or parasite infection, um, I would suggest that for the duration of the biofeedback scan, don't focus on the detox. You want to focus on the detection first, and so you can you can focus on the you can run the detox programs later. Um, and yes, certainly, and it's recommended, especially if you're not sure what is wrong with this person. Break down a large scan into smaller scans. Get the accuracy of the results up. And so you can maybe scan in uh, a range of 20 kilohertz instead of the larger range of the David Burke um, biofeedback scan preset and, and break the scan in a, you know, one day perform a scan in a certain range, another day perform another part of the range. And you'll see the results um, and compare the days and see which ones, which peaks to a to um, to target this, maybe you you'll choose uh, to to return maybe only five hits if you break the scan up, so you don't get too many hits to to combine together into a program. Um, but yeah, I would also recommend actually that you load the results, which is in the uh, scan data subdirectory, into a spreadsheet, especially if it's broken up into several scans, and you can see trends. In the in the pulse graph, and you can design your own program using those graphs. Uh, Robert Privatera, Privatera, 
<laughs> you've come back again. Hello again, Robert. Um, if you use biofeedback to create both healing and killing frequencies, is it best to run a detox program simultaneously with healing and killing programs? Actually, I'm pleased you asked this. Um, you do not, you can't really combine a biofeedback scan to detect both healing and killing. You can't detect both peaks and troughs in the graph. You're either detecting minimum or maximum, so you're either detecting killing frequencies, if you like, in simplistic terms, or entrainment healing frequencies. It's one, it's one or the other. And so you can't run both. Um, but, um, okay, and the other part of your question is, um, can, you, can healing and killing programs be run at the same time for pathogens? Uh, you can run healing and killing programs at the same time. You can't run the biofeedback scan detecting both frequencies at the same time. An important point I didn't mention before, and it just reminded me. Um, whilst you're performing a biofeedback scan, you want to eliminate any external um, things that will increase your heart rate. And so you have to stop any, any generators that are running programs on yourself in remote mode. You only want to apply one frequency to your body and eliminate all others. And so stop your generator kit if you've got any DNA of yourself in the remotes and run the biofeedback then. So then you know you're only having one frequency being applied to your body. Otherwise, you'll be getting, giving a response to something which is running via remote. But spooky remote, either biofeedback is not realizing this. It's thinking it's only applying the one set of frequencies using either the single remote or using the contact mode. Okay, Wolfgang Janata. Hi, Wolfgang. How are you? Um, you've asked the question, can you use conductive patches instead of the hand cylinders in the right hand and the left foot? Well, actually, Wolfgang, Wolfgang, that is the recommended way of doing it. When you think about it, when you're holding the hand cylinders, you've got to apply a grip to the cylinders, and that's using muscles. That's counter to my previous recommendation of being fully recommend, uh, fully, fully relaxed, and you're not fully relaxed while you're gripping onto cylinders. And so it's actually recommended to use TENS pads as the ideal method, where you put the one pad here on the back of your hand and one just above your left shin. And then, of course, you can fully relax, have your hands here or just resting by your side, and not worry about having to retain a grip on the hand cylinders. Of course, if you fall asleep and using hand cylinders, you're going to lose your grip completely. And so your results are going to be all over the place. And you may have to perform the scan again. And so that's a very good question. I hope my answer was, um, was adequate. Catherine Williamson. Hi, Catherine. Um, you've asked the question, can I give an example of, of how to just get to the graph when doing the muscle testing? Certainly. OK, we'll fly back to share screen. And we're back. OK, if we have got biofeedback, no biofeedback's running, everything's stopped, I can click on the graph. If I click on the graph, the graph will display live my pulse. 
And so I've put my pinky in there. Hopefully my pulse will settle down and we're away. And so now you can see my pulse. I'm nice and excited. It's above 60. And so I can ask myself the question now. Close my eyes and ask myself, do I always do my best to try and improve spooky? And it's going down. In case this case, it's the truth. I know I always do my best for Spooky. Spooky's my baby. Well, Spooky's your baby too. I can ask myself, do I do I like coffee? And I don't like coffee. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> and and the graph will go spiking up because I'm telling a lie. But in a more subtle way, I maybe hold a vial which has got maybe a medication or some supplement, and I'll ask myself. Is this good for me? Does my body need this? Will it do good? And I can view the graph. And if the graph slopes upwards, even if it's red, but I can see a trend upwards, it means my body is becoming it's a little bit more stressed. It really doesn't want it. Whereas if it slopes downwards, my body's saying, yes, it's good. Let's do it. Okay, where am I? Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm slowly catching up, but I'm I'm sort of becoming lost in this in this bath, in this um, pile of pile of paper. Um, Catherine, okay, I've um, answered your question. Piggy Goodman, hi Piggy, thank you for your question. Um, okay, you've asked the question. We've downloaded the April the first update. Um, now there's an there's an April the fifth update out now. April the first was a full version. Um, under the control tab, uh, the biofeedback scan, the lower half of the screen seems to be missing. Um, how do I do a biofeedback scan? Hey, that's a really good question, Peggy. Let's answer it. I'll go back into, um, into share screen again. In this modern technology. Okay, let's have a look. What would cause that? Well, what's happened is this. Uh, I'll go into the um, if I, in the presets tab, have the advanced option deselected, you'll find that the number of tabs has decreased. If I go to the control tab, like how you did, Peggy, yeah, oops, there's nothing here. It's gone. There's no, no controls to the biofeedback. There's no controls, Peggy, because Spooky has dumbed down Spooky. I shouldn't use that word. It's made Spooky more usable for first-time users. And so there's not many options. There's not even any, any facility for changing parameters. But after a while, people get familiar with Spooky. They say, yeah, we'll do it. We'll go to the Advanced tab. And so they, they click Advanced. There's more options that come up here. And then you'll find that in the Control tab, all these things appear. So rather than being overwhelmed with all this information, in particular in the settings tab, I mean, when you look there, uh, when, you, when my computer eventually looks there, and you see all the options that are available, it's very scary for first-time users. And they most probably haven't had a chance to absorb the information that's in the user's guide. And so they don't really need to know. All they need really to know is the presets. So they go to the presets tab, select the appropriate preset, and know how to run it. 
And so it's a way of making things simple for first-time users. And so if you select the advanced options, you'll find you've got the uh, parameters for the biofeedback coming up. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh, from Andre Gorzinski. Hey, that was a good surname. Hi, Andre. Um, any issues with my bionic hip, titanium? Um, well, I hope not. Um, titanium is a very passive metal. They use titanium because it doesn't corrode. It's very non-reactive. And so it's perfectly fine to perform biofeedback or even treatments using titanium. I like the way you phrase bionic hip as well. It's a nice, that's why I laughed. It's, a, it's putting a positive spin on things. No problems at all, Andre, with using um, contact mode and performing a biofeedback using a bionic hip. Um, let me know if you ever make, if you ever have a powered hip. A powered bionic hip must be something else. Okay, um, um, Andre Callender, you've asked me, is it advisable to turn off Wi-Fi, mobile phones, TVs and radio, etc., when doing a biofeedback scan? Hey, that's another really good question. I think I've had a lot of really good questions today. I think the only bad questions I've had today is ones I created myself. I'll just stop this uh, scan, uh, share screen so you can see my mic again. Now, things which you've mentioned in your list, uh, such as mobile phones, TVs, and radio, those are distractions. The sounds of a radio aren't controlled by you. You may get advertisement breaks, which are actually designed to be intrusive to uh, jolt you into awareness. And you certainly don't want that during a biofeedback scan. And so, no, during biofeedback scan, turn everything off. Wi-Fi, some people are sensitive to Wi-Fi signals. If you are, yes, turn off your Wi-Fi. It's not necessary to turn Wi-Fi off for most people. If it is concerned for you, even if you're thinking, maybe it maybe it's best to turn it off, then turn it off. There's nothing lost. Um, always take, always err on the side of caution. And so, as you, nothing will be worse than performing a biofeedback scan and then you're thinking halfway through, I should have turned the Wi-Fi off. Because even that thought will increase your heart rate. And so, it's the very last thing you want. So, if, it's a, if anything is of a concern for you, deal to it prior to the scan. So Andre, for you in particular, I'd say yes, turn off Wi-Fi. Certainly for everyone, turn off your mobile phones, TVs and radio. You do a biofeedback scan. Well, I think I've nailed pretty much everything. Um, I'll just do a final check. Um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty much everything. I've gone way over, over, over time. This is my longest. Uh, video session. I knew it was going to be a long one. Thank you for your patience. There's been a lot of information coming your way. Uh, please read the documentation that we have. Go to the spooky2-support.com. There's a great uh, search facility on the website. You can search for biofeedback scan. If you've got a problem performing a biofeedback scan, you can search for keywords on that site, and there's a wealth of information and more than likely your questions answered there. Um, 
the wonderful thing about biofeedback scanners, your body doesn't lie. And Spooky Pulse is finding the truth that your body's saying. We've all seen the lie detectors on movies and on TV. Well, that's what Spooky Pulse is doing. It's performing a, a, a truth talk session with your body where it's finding out just what your body needs. Thank you for your time. This now concludes our fifth SAMA seminar. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, please email us. We'd love to have you on. It's wonderful for people to share their knowledge with our users. Knowledge is strength. As people learn more, they become more aware that they can deal to their own issues themselves and get themselves well. And that's what everyone needs. So thank you once again for your time. Bye-bye. Nailed. <laughs> and of course, everyone, and of course, I've forgotten to turn off the everything. So, yep, everyone knows I've nailed it. Well, I haven't nailed it, but I've gone through a lot of, lot of um, paperwork, and I actually think I've done reasonably well. I've done enough talking for today. I won't talk for the rest of the day. Thanks again. Bye-bye.